Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you are thinking about dinner tonight, do I have a place you need to go? Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Love their smoked corned beef, Reuben. They smoke their brisket for 16 hours. It is so unbelievably good you want great sides their mac and cheese so fantastic my daughter is a mac and cheese aficionado she loves their mac and cheese she loves their mac and cheese better than the stuff out of the box and i'm telling you if you're a parent that's as high of a compliment as you can give any place when it comes to mac and cheese baked beans i don't like baked beans but when they have brisket and they have um and they have pork in there i I like baked beans and i like them a lot you're going to love Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. You can find them up in North Denver. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, ESPN NFL insider Jeff Darlington believes the momentum is heading towards Aaron Rodgers returning to the Packers. He highlighted the team's decision to hire Tom Clemens, the quarterback's coach, one of Rodgers' favorite coaches, as a big factor in the decision, although I think you and I kind of came up with that conclusion just like everybody else. In the meantime, Russell Wilson went on the Today Show and said he's very happy in Seattle. While Pete Carroll said today, the Seahawks have no intention of trading Russell Wilson. How optimistic do you feel now? Well, I can tell you also, just kind of uh, putting my uh, finger on the pulse of the combine here, uh, there is not a lot of buzz about the Broncos being able to get either of those quarterbacks. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think it's and 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 look at the tone of our conversation earlier in the show when we were talking about uh, about quarterbacks and talking about uh, uh, the the need for Drew Lock, but we weren't sitting for, for the need for somebody other than Drew Lock that he's not the answer. But we weren't sitting there talking about easy solution in terms of uh, trading for one of these elite guys. We're talking. I mean, and and I had a conversation earlier today that focused on okay, if you trade for a quarterback, but it's not Wilson or Rogers, who are you trading for? Are there maybe some some below the radar possibilities uh, that that could be in play? Uh, the buzz is definitely not about those two guys coming to Denver anymore. That 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 I can. That that is my boots on the ground reporting here for you is that uh, uh, it's normally when if you if you thought Aaron Rodgers or that kind of movie was happen what move was happening that would be on the tips of everybody's tongues uh, out uh, as the at the in the late night hours and it simply was not okay if they don't get one of those those two guys mm-hmm. and the Broncos pretty much forget about being labeled a Super Bowl contender yes yeah I know doesn't that stink. I, yeah, and and really, it's if that's the case, if that's what happens, it really does bring into play the notion of then saying, "All right, what does potentially next year's quarterback class look like?" They're not going to be that bad. Well, no, but you, but ha, but is it deeper? Is it okay? You you're not in position to get to get Stroud or Young, but is 
Jake Hayner at Fresno State, who's going to get his uh, his final season here coming up uh, working with Jeff Tedford, somebody that we know has successfully developed quarterbacks uh, for the next level. Is he somebody that you could get at, say, pick six to ten, right? Um, that's, I mean, you, you have to, you responsibly, you have to start looking at those types of possibilities and kind of thinking one year out and measuring that against what you have in this year's class. And it's, and it's a reminder that if you're going to get a great quarterback, the way the Broncos did it, getting Peyton Manning, because it was just a perfect confluence of circumstances in, that led to the Colts cutting him, at, even though he had, had a neck injury at that moment, that that's not something that you can rely on, that, uh, that you're probably going to have to draft and develop that guy if you're going to find someone to be the guy. That's, that, other than that, it's pro- you're probably just looking at Band-Aids and, and Bridges because uh, it doesn't appear that you're going to have a great quarterback that falls out of the sky that you're going to be able to trade for here. There's, you know, there's not a Matthew Stafford coming. Right. You, trade. you know I love my analogies, and this one might not be spot on, but I'm going to try and do my best. When a general manager picks a quarterback in the draft, specifically in the first round, yeah. he, he is on a one-story building, and he steps to the edge. He knows he is taking a risk with whoever he picks, and he continues to stand on that ledge for about two to three years. And if that guy doesn't work out, he gets pushed off that ledge. He might break some bones. He probably won't die because it's only one story. And he might get a chance to try again. But at the end of the day, when Peyton called this draft class for quarterbacks interesting, I think George Peyton is walking towards the ledge if Rodgers and Wilson don't work out. Right. And the, the interesting thing, if they do find a quarterback they like this year, it's it's funny because if the quarterback class were uh, more robust, it would probably be a no brainer to get your quarterback this year because the time because the timing is right for you know George Payton coming off a draft that uh, it was regarded by that was regarded by insiders around the league as the as the best as we discussed earlier uh, with the award they got from uh, inside the league and um, a first year head coach who's who is a uh, who, who's a, a quarterback passing game guy, it, it would align perfectly to, to roll the dice on your quarterback right now. And again, and if they, and even though it's a shaky class, all it takes is one to kind of redeem it. I mean, the 2017 class was regarded as a bit shaky. And as it turned out, you got uh, uh, Deshaun Watson before his off field issues was terrific. And Patrick yep. Mahomes enough said, and Mitchell Trubisky, uh, the least of those quarterbacks still actually uh, has led his team to the playoffs twice. So is it more like, does it turn out more like that better than expected? And look, if you say one of these guys, if, if Nathaniel Hackett says, Hey, I love Kenny Pickett. I think I can work with him. Then go ahead and pick Kenny Pickett because the timing is right in terms of having a first year head coach to roll the dice on that quarterback. It's just a question of whether you decide one guy from this class is worth that. I shot. can understand why George Payton did not want to start the clock on his GM ship, uh, which he has a six year deal. Mm-hmm. year one picking a quarterback. 
I can understand that line of thinking. Plus, he wasn't crazy, apparently, about, you know, Justin Fields or Mac Jones. But now the pressure is starting to build. Now his head is being moved towards the vice. Because if none of these quarterbacks in the draft are any good, and Justin Fields turns out to be something, and same with Mac Jones, who has already made the Pro Bowl, Mm -hmm. then George Payton is going to look like a guy who completely misread the draft. And if we're being completely honest, when it comes to the draft, Great general managers don't just look at this year's draft. They look at next year's draft and maybe the draft after, specifically at specific positions. I've I've used this story many times. When Elway was criticized for taking Brock Osweiler in 2012, they had just gotten Peyton Manning. I applauded the move because from what I knew from people I talked to, the 2013 draft class was nothing short of dreadful. So they it had, was. Right. And they had to take a quarterback in 2012. Clearly, they took the wrong guy. They could have yeah. had Cousins. They could have had Wilson, whatever. But now, it's a very similar situation. If 2012 turns out to be what it was for, uh, if 2012 turns out to be 2021, and in 2013 becomes 2022, George Payton will forever be remembered for completely misjudging the quarterback class a year out. Right. And that's and, and, and another thing that kind of lurks beneath the surface here is while the Broncos are talking to the top quarterbacks in the draft, uh, they also are meeting with some guys who could be day three prospects. They met with Caleb Ellaby uh, out of uh, Western Michigan earlier. They like him. Uh, by the way, I've been told they, they like him. They do. They, they do like him. Now, that being said, they like him as a day three flyer. Right. All right. They, they like him. As a lottery ticket type of guy that, okay. High upside, low low risk, right. high reward. And and Caleb Ellaby, unless he is something world-beating and dramatic, would not prevent them from taking a quarterback early next year. Right. If they, are, if they do go for a bridge type of solution th- this year where that quarterback, that quarterback room could look like veteran starter and if they let's say they brought in a Marcus Mariota you know I know you don't want to hear that name but let's say they brought in a Mariota or someone of that ilk he would be the starter there's a decent possibility Drew Locke would be the backup and Ellaby would be the third teamer and they see where he goes but if he had not made that kind of quantum leap and they have a rough season then they would be looking quarterback as their first pick early next year another possibility beyond Ellaby is taking those second round picks this year and going back into round one. If a quarterback they really like falls into the twenties coming up after the break combine more news. George Payton said he would meet with Bryce Callahan's agent. What does he think of Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, Kenny young. We're going to look at the unrestricted free agents and who should the Broncos consider bringing back. That's next. Gonna go to the place that's the best When I lay me down to die Going on Come on, baby Let's do that 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Way back Wednesday. Yep. This is really way back. This is 1950s. This is probably the farthest back one that we'll get today. I remember when this song came out. It was fantastic. Welcome back. (laughs) We're not that old. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. You weren't alive. You weren't alive for the twist. No. I'm in good shape for an older guy. I'm in good shape, though, for an older guy. I take pride in that. I don't mind getting older. I don't know if I want to hit 60, though. That, that that's where it gets a little dangerous. Being in my fifties, I don't mind. Once you hit sixty, you're like, oh man, you you yeah. are you, you're probably on the fourteenth hole once you yeah. hit sixty. But I think you celebrate the accomplishments. Better to have the accomplishment. The what accomplishment? That you've made it sixty years. Better to have the fourteenth hole be at age sixty than at age forty. Yeah, I don't know what I've accomplished. Look, I'm doing a show with you and Danny. What have I accomplished? Oh, oh, thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you've done a you've done a lot in this life, Eric. Oh. You've had a good, you've had a rich, full life. It sounds like you're doing my eulogy. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Oh, well, I'm just trying. I'm trying to help you out here. I think you've ac- you've accomplished a lot. You you continue to accomplish. Oh, okay, a okay. Lot. Enough, enough, you're enough, in your enough. Prime. Enough. You're, you're swinging. You're in your prime. Well, no, I am in my prime. I don't know what I've accomplished. Welcome back to the show. Hey, by the way, if you want to reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products uh, Twitter feed, you can at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. I've worked with Eric for years. He does my auto, my home, does my health insurance as well. So if you want to do auto, home, life, commercial, he is absolutely the guy to talk to. And what I really love about him is, He treats every client like they are his only client. He is so great at returning phone calls and emails. He does it on his days off as well. He's got a big team of over 70 years of experience at Cook Insurance. He's the only guy that I'd work with. And and I might want, when I think of Eric, one of the longest standing business relationships I've ever had has been with Eric. And that should tell you what I think of him. Give him a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Okay, uh, George Payton said he's going to meet with Bryce Callahan, Bryce Callahan's agent. He's been in contact with Melvin Gordon's agent, and he said he's interested in re-signing one of these inside linebackers, Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson, and Kenny Young. Can't bring all of them back. I think you and I talked about it earlier in the show that Josie Jewell, I think, is the is the lead horse probably right now heading into the final turn. But before we get into these pending unrestricted free agents... What do you think about flipping the draft and free agency? How do you think that would go over in the NFL? I think teams would love it. So why don't they do it? Why don't they do teams, it? If teams, teams would love would, it and owners love it, they tell Goodell what to do and it's done. But here's who wouldn't love it, and that is the NFL Players Association. Because by having free agency first, yeah. it 
puts a degree of urgency on teams to spend right then and there to fill holes. There's there's only been one year where we saw the draft come before free agency. It was 2011, the off-season lockout year. Yep. And I and generally speaking, and it was one of the best drafts of all time. Yeah, and it it was a, one of the best drafts of all time. As we have talked about, we've referenced Brian Xanders a lot on this show recently. Uh, you have, have said that firing Xanders was a huge mistake by John Elway in 2012. Yep, I agree. Well, yep. the 2011 draft for the Broncos was a Brian Xanders draft. No question. And they were and and Xanders was fighting was finding starters deep into deep into the middle rounds, mm-hmm. right? Finding like who, Julius Thomas in round four. Yep. I mean, every, I think every, every one of their picks in the first three rounds became a multi-year starter and of course Von Miller you could argue uh, in terms of draft picks may have been the most accomplished draft pick made by the Broncos in their history so they nailed that but teams around the league like the fact that they they had holes on their roster (laughs) and then they they filled them in the draft, and then what was left over went to free agency. But the NFLPA would prefer it go to free agency because that benefits veteran players more when the first avenue of upgrading the team that is kind of in your control is that for that free agent market. And that's why I don't think you're going to see a change, at least as long as the current collective bargaining agreement exists. Okay, let's run through the unrestricted free agents. Uh, will he come back? Won't he come back? It's going to be a yes or no. I know yeah. that's going to be difficult for you. But you're coming off a hangover, so it might be easier for you. Oh, come on. Teddy Bridgewater, will he come back? Won't he come back? He will not come back. Bryce Callahan. I think he will come back. I do, too. Kyle Fuller. Will not come back. Melvin Gordon. Will test the market. Yeah. If he comes back, it's like Kareem Jackson coming back last year. Melvin Gordon becomes more valuable if they can't get Rodgers or Wilson. Yeah, because oh. they're because in that case they'll run they the ball without need, right, and if and and there's such a high attrition rate at running back that if they don't get one of those two court those two elite yep. quarterbacks, yep. the offense is gonna is gonna sink or swim on the strength of its running game, and you better have somebody who can be a bell cow back uh, in case Javon if something happens to Javante Williams, and again there's such a high injury rate for running backs that you need a quality guy sitting there waiting in the wings and Melvin Gordon it, if he's if he is your 1B in a 1A 1B scenario that is a great that's a great luxury and the thing that helps you is regardless of quarterback Melvin Gordon does want to be with the Broncos he likes playing for this team that was a very long yes or no answer Kareem Jackson no and in fact George Payton yesterday talking about Caden Stern what am I going to do with re- this guy Danny Referred to no, referred to no. He's showing I'm, I'm, his work. Yeah, uh, uh, but I'm I'm illuminating my no because illuminating. Yes, word because for I, me. I'm pointing out that George Payton uh-huh. referred to uh, Kareem Jackson yep. and his starting tenure here in the past tense yesterday. They've it, it's going to be Caden Stern starting unless they find unless something unexpected happens in the draft. Okay, you ready to move on? Yes. Let's continue with our list. Uh, Josie Jewell. Yes, he's yes. back. Bobby Massey. 
he is only back if they do not find right. a viable right tackle in the draft. And they can they can wait. They can go through the draft process, and then if they don't find somebody, the chances of, re- of signing Bobby Massey after the draft to fill that hole are excellent. At this point, he really only wants to play in Denver. He's made his home uh, down in, in Larkspur. Right. And really, he wouldn't have played for anybody last year if the right. Broncos had not called. Okay. So now it's going to be a coin flip. One yeah. of these guys will likely come back. One of them likely will not come back. Alexander Johnson, Kenny Young. I think both aren't back. Okay. Who will make the decision on this? On on the on, on who comes back? Yep, between those uh, two guys. It, well, ulti- ultimately, George Payton will make the decision, but but the defensive coaches are going to have heavy input into the decision. Well, now the defensive coaches might have heavy input, but there's only one guy you need to ask. Mm-hmm. Evero was just with the Rams, so was Kenny Young. Hey, Ejero, yes. what do you think of Kenny Young? Love him? Boom, he's back. I don't know, kind of a slacker. Boom, he's gone. Kenny and remember, they, Young, Kenny, traded, and they traded him. They yep. decided they were better off without Kenny Young. Right. So we're going to see just whether Kenny Young comes back or not will solely be on the pure influence of Evero with Peyton. He knows already whether he wants him or not. And also, I'd say Dwayne Stukes, special teams coordinator, is going to have a say as well. Because if we're talking about bringing Kenny Young back, mm-hmm. especially if they bring if they bring Josie Jewell back, you're talking about Kenny Young coming back as a backup. Right. Which means he's playing special teams right. if he's back. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about another guy who might or might not come back. Suddenly, there are mixed messages coming out of the Tom Brady camp. Bruce Arians talked about Tom Brady yesterday at the Combine, basically saying, nope. We're not trading him no matter what. Bad for business. Really? What if a team offers a first-round pick? Hmm. Is it really that bad for business? We'll talk about it next. So. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. At the Combine yesterday, Tampa head coach Bruce Arians was asked if Tom Brady wanted to come back with another team. And would Arians accommodate that? And he said, nope, it's bad for business. Do you think if Arians is offered a first-round pick, it's bad for business? Do you think he's going to hold firm on this? Well, I mean, who's making the decision? Is it him or Jason Light, the uh, Buccaneer general manager? Uh, Light does have final say, and I would think that a first-round pick for for Jason Light coming back would be very good for business of trying to go forward and move on and have a viable team without Tom Brady. So 
I mean, I get sort of the absolutism and kind of uh, putting a line in the sand. I don't think that ends up uh, reflecting what would actually happen if Brady wanted to come back and play for somebody else. It's America. Everything has a price, and the price would be met. Right. So with that, where would Brady want to go? We know San Francisco. He'd be walking into a ready-made team, and he'd be playing for the team that he grew up loving. Aaron Rodgers wanted to play for the 49ers as well. But now, this coming from former NFL head coach Eric Mangini, what he said makes a whole lot of sense. Brady would be a perfect fit with Josh McDaniels in Las Vegas. If Tom Brady goes to Vegas, I say this half-jokingly, the Broncos should just lock the doors and not let anybody in the building until Brady retires. Because I don't see how they get out of that division. I mean, they are booked for at least four losses a year. Yeah, and and more likely, uh, at best, I think you look at a, a split with the Chargers, right? I mean, I think you're talking. I think you're talking best case scenario. You're one in five in the division, right? And you're poten- you're potentially looking at zero and six. And if look, if if that happens, <laughs> you you are better off. They wouldn't do it, but you're better stripping off stripping the whole thing down. Yes, you you are be- you are better off uh, if if Brady were a Raider, you are better off saying, okay, if the, if 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 a player is not part of our plans for two years from now, that it, it everything must go right. If so, I mean, you know, someone like Pat Sertan has a long is in year two of his rookie contract. Someone like Justin Simmons uh, uh, has a long-term deal. But if you look at a player and say, they're not in our plans for the 2024 season, you are taking calls and you are building draft capital. And yes, you are tr- you are tearing down and you're focused on tr- on getting one of those top two picks in 2023. That is your only hope at that point. I mean, we talked about what if Aaron Rodgers, and it doesn't look like he's going to, what yeah. if Aaron Rodgers came to Denver? When, yeah. when you talk about the talent at the quarterback position, it would likely be the most talented division for quarterbacks in NFL history. Yeah, And I'm sure there are Raiders fans thinking, oh my goodness, if Aaron Rodgers goes to Denver, now we have to face Rodgers twice a year and Herbert twice a year and Mahomes twice a year. Mm-hmm. Well, look who could be laughing now. Yeah, remember when last year we were talking about Aaron Rodgers and it looked like there were multiple teams that could be in play? And one of the things that you and I both said is it wasn't just about improving your quarterback position if you got Aaron Rodgers, but keeping him from going to Las Vegas. Not just helping you out, your own team, but helping your team out by making sure you didn't have to face him twice a year. And that was the and that was the part that scared you if Aaron Rodgers went to Las Vegas. Well, then uh, Tom Brady in Las Vegas would scare would scare you just as much. Given and especially being back with Josh McDaniels, there would be no there would be absolutely no bumpy transition whatsoever. And I mean, another thing that could be in play is um even though we the, the Packers uh, are reportedly looking toward franchising uh, uh, Devontae Adams, let's say Aaron Rodgers does a pivot and says, I'm going to retire, then you, I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Adams all of a sudden ended up in Las Vegas uh, with Tom Brady if this is something they decided to do. This is, 
you know, it, the funny thing is if it were a Brady going to the Raiders thing, it would be, it's kind of fascinating to think back on this historically because 20 years ago, a very audacious deal was made between the teams that led to John Gruden becoming Tampa Bay head coach and winning and winning it all. Right. And of course we, the other thing we know about, uh, but that was a trade Tom for Brady, a coach. Yeah. Yeah. The Bucks trade for John Gruden. And the other thing we know about 20 years ago is how did the Patriots and Tom Brady really start their dynasty? It was at the Raiders' expense. It was a tuck rule game. Yeah. Historically, it would be fascinating. Tom Brady being a Raider. Yeah, but he has to be, would well, be absolutely wait. fascinating. Yeah, but it's Las Vegas. It's different than Oakland. It's the, it's the, know, the fan. Funny, it's the, the fan base. Yeah, the the Raider fan base is by and large the same. It's it's a fascinating fan base because their their supporters in Las Vegas. And or not part of in, in Oakland and Los Angeles generally don't abandon them when they move. In fact, a lot of people in SoCal will tell you the Raiders are actually the most popular team in the Los Angeles area, not the Rams and certainly not the Chargers, but the Raiders. Right. They probably they, they probably the, 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 the largest fan bases for teams in that neck of the woods don't belong to the LA teams. They belong to the 49ers and the Raiders. And you saw, and when the Raiders play against the Chargers, I mean, you basically, it was in LA, it was a Raider home game. Right. Speaking of the Rams, you see what Aaron Donald did the day after the Super Bowl? Uh, he was, he was at the Disneyland parade. No, he went to the weight room. Oh, well, how do you, he, how do you like that? He went to the Disneyland parade too, because I saw him over there. That's yeah. fine. But he went yeah. to the weight room the day after the Super Bowl. He had time to do both. I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure he didn't do like a seven-hour workout. But how do you like that? that? How do you like that for dedication? How it's got a little bit of that Bill Belichick in him. No off days, right? Tells you a lot about him. You just win a championship, and boom, you are right back at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not you're. You can be a great player on talent alone. When you become an all-timer like Aaron Donald, it's because you have talent, but you also have diligence and discipline that's right. that's what makes the the all-time greats truly great and Aaron Donald as a defensive lineman is truly an all-time great I mean he you could argue maybe the greatest defense interior defensive lineman in the history of the NFL you know what I'd go with JJ Watt minus the injuries I yeah. looked this up I was I think I was doing the show with Aaron Anderson yeah or, or I think or might have been Justin Adams if you go Terrell Davis and just look at a three four-year stretch J.J. Mm-hmm. Watt is the greatest defensive player of all time. And honestly, well, has, and honestly, yeah. it's not close. It's not close. He's the all-time leader in defensive player of the year awards, right? Who is? J.J. Watt. Yeah. Well, uh, for, forget about yeah. awards. I'm talking about numbers. I'm talking about tackles, throw-in sacks, force yeah. fumbles, everything. For a four-year stretch, he is the greatest defensive player to ever play the game. Just go look up at the numbers, look up that four-year stretch, compare him to Donald's, and Donald looks pedestrian. And that's quite a statement. Go look it up, and then... Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm staring at it right now. Yeah, he co- had, compare him to Donald. He had, he, had, yeah, he had 20 and a half sacks uh, twice in a three-year span. Right. And he was defensive player of the year three Forget, forget about that. How many, tackles oh. did, how many tackles did he have? As, um, as an interior yeah. lineman. He had 81, 80, 78, and 76. Well, those numbers should mean something to you because you're more of a football geek than I am. Well, the thing, the, the, the tackle count is one that it's not the, it's, it's not the measure. I, I would say what you do measure on it's is. It's all of it. 
you you measure on, but you you really measure on sacks, and you me, you measure on sacks, forced fumbles, tackles for losses. In that by in that four year span, he had at least twenty two tackles for losses. Every one of those years, the twenty twelve season, he had twenty and a half sacks and thirty and thirty nine TFLs. And four forced fumbles. But the, but you that, can't, but that that and the other thing is, you know how we talk about how Bill Kolar would talk about how a pass def- broken up at the line of scrimmage he regarded as equal to a sack. Yeah. And on top of the twenty and a half sacks and the thirty nine TFLs in that twenty twelve season, he broke up sixteen passes. No, I know. But but also uh, yeah. but but also throwing the tackle season is probably the best anyone has ever had on the but, uh, on defense. But throwing the tackles just for fun, as as like a cherry on top. Now compare that to Aaron Donald. We'll come back from break and you tell me what the and you tell me if it's not even close. That Donald looks pedestrian compared to JJ Watt. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? Denver Nuggets hosting the Oklahoma City Thunder this evening. We'll uh, preview that game here and also talk about the PGA Tours Player Impact Program. That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public. Go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Oklahoma City in town tonight, taking on the Denver Nuggets, 7 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. The Nuggets rolling right now. They've won six in a row, eight of their last nine going back to before the All-Star break. However, Oklahoma City did beat Denver in their first meeting of the season a couple days before Christmas, in which Jokic scored just 13 points, and Thunder star Shea Gilgis-Alexander had a 27-point triple-double. Who has more points tonight, the reigning MVP or OKC's young point guard? Mace. Okay. Why don't you go first? Who, who's it? No, 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 no. You hit the you hit the mute button again, didn't you? I did. Yes. Oh, jeez. I was uh, blowing my nose in the commercial. I didn't want Danny to hear me. Well, how long did you blow your nose for? Four minutes is a four-minute break. I usually don't have you in queue, so I can't hear you most of the time during the break. I don't even know what that oh. means. What does in queue mean? It's a technical. That's what term. I put the board in when you want to talk to me from in there, but we don't want oh. it going out over there. Yeah. Mace, I'm sure you knew what in queue means. You know what? Yeah. In- Do you know what that I, means? I I knew it was a term. Oh, right. So you didn't know what it was for for a producer or somebody. You didn't know what it was. Yes, just say. Did. Just say I didn't know what it was. We can move on. I didn't know. What, I didn't know exactly what it was. Now you have to throw in the disclaimer. Exactly. You just say I didn't know what it was. I've heard the term before. I've, okay? I've heard it too. I just don't know what it means. Yeah. So anyway, I'll go uh, with Jokic. Jokic will, will will score more. By the way, 
I mean, one thing to kind of consider, uh, Danny mentioned, of course, what happened uh, right around Christmas time when the Nuggets played uh, OKC. Of course, uh, we also know about the impact that uh, Woogie Cousins has had on on the Nuggets, in particular making their second unit a, vi- a viable unit. Can you tell me, Eric or Danny, what the Nuggets record is in the games in which Boogie Cousins has played? They're undefeated. I believe yep. eleven and zero. Yep. Uh, twelve and yep, is it twelve? They, they they are they are ten and zero. I mean that's like giving us a layup on a five foot hoop. Right. Come on. So, what do you think? Yeah. Is the amateur hour? Yeah. And and plus thirty seven in the last two games as well when Boogie's on the floor. I was gonna They're if gonna, you would have asked, I could have told you that too. Yeah, good for you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of that Boogie Cousins addition uh, for the Nuggets. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see some more good minutes from him tonight. Yeah. Just in case you missed it, Will Barton second to J.R. Smith on the Nuggets all-time three-point field goals list by one with 767 three-pointers as a Nugget. Will Will Barton be pressing tonight to get those two three-pointers he needs to take that top spot? He's always pressing. And he and JR have something in common. They have no conscience where they shoot the ball from the floor no matter who is on the floor because they always want theirs. JR was the same exact way. Yeah, and of course, the other thing is because with no Jamal Murray, no MPJ, more pressure on him. Will Barton is averaging a career-high 6.1 three-point shots attempted. So he basically, he attempts a three-point shot roughly once every five minutes he's on the floor. Let me ask you, what what's his point total this year? About 16 points a game? 15.2. 15, so he has 15 points a game. This was his opportunity to prove all of us wrong that he should get starters money. Mm-hmm. And he's the second leading scorer on the team. And he's got 15 points a game. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry, that's not good. It's not. It's 15 more points a game than I get. And I yeah. certainly understand that. But Will Barton keeps telling us he should be a starter. Listen, I'm not suggesting he doesn't want Murray or Porter in the lineup, but this was his chance. It was. He is a perfectly solid complimentary, complimentary contributor. Correct. That's what he is. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. But, this is, but, a, but a frontline starter, a star player, Ugh. he's not. No. Just in case you missed it, Tiger Woods Ooh. earned $8 million for winning the PGA Tour's inaugural Player Impact Program, which rewards top 10 players by an impact score determined by five metrics, popularity in Google searches, the Q rating, Nielsen brand exposure rating, MVP index rating, and Meltwater mentions, which is the frequency of their coverage across various media platforms. Uh, Tiger hasn't played in over a year, still the number one impact player from a social media, media, and just exposure standpoint. Uh, Phil Mickelson was second in the ratings. He'll get $6 million as a bonus. Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, Bryson DeChambeau, and Justin Thomas each get $3.5 million. And then Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm, and Bubba Watson each get $3 million. Uh, defending FedEx Cup champ Patrick Cantlay has criticized the PIP, saying he'd rather see that money from the pool be rewarded based on on-course performance. Other golfers have echoed those critiques. Do you like the concept of the player impact program? I I don't, and I, I'm 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 kind of old school here. I mean, basically, you're giving this guy a reward just because he he moves the needle. This does not seem like something that should should be coming. 
uh, that, that a reward that should be coming from from golf. It sounds like should be a reward that should be coming from someone outside, like uh, like Twitter or Facebook or something like that. This uh, it just it seems kind of farcical. It's also, frankly, if Tiger Woods is the one who moves the needle most, it, it also says something about the state of uh, of golf right now that nobody is poised to fill this void that Tiger Woods could be leaving if he never plays again. Okay, I, we do we have another show coming up next? We have CSU women's basketball between the Rams and the Cowgirls of Wyoming. Okay, pick the most popular player in the NBA, quick. We don't have time for... LeBron James. Le- LeBron. Le- LeBron James. Who would you rather spend time with, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Who Who's, who's the most popular player in hockey? Uh, right now? Yes, Connor McDavid or Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. Who'd you rather spend time with, Wayne Gretzky or Connor McDavid? Wayne Gretzky. Who's the most popular player in the NFL? Um, Tom Brady. Oh, no, he's not in the NFL anymore. (laughs) Okay, but even so, okay, Aaron Rodgers, right? Okay. Who'd you rather spend time with, Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning? PFM. Peyton Manning. Right. My point is, the most popular guys are guys that haven't played in a while. And Tiger Woods might not play for another 10 years, and I don't care who's on tour, Tiger will always be more popular. Well, he'll probably have those checks if he's not uh, cashing anything from tournaments. He'll keep yeah. being the winner of the PIP. Real quick, who's but the I most... would say he was the most popular when he was playing, too, when he was at his peak. Okay, trick, sure. trick question. Who's the most popular baseball player? Mike Trout. Okay, good. Fernando Tatis Jr. is what Andrew says. And I'd say who would you rather meet, but because baseball doesn't market any of their players, you don't know who you want to spend time with. Yadier Molina. Ronald Acuna. Acuna Matata. That's going to do it for us. Nolan, Danny, Mace, great job today. I'll try and do better tomorrow. Make the best possible night you can. I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride.